Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, where we educate and inspire people to live fuller lives through mindful practices. Let's get started with your host, New York Times contributor, leadership advisor, sought-after keynote speaker, the author of the A to Z Guide to Stress-Free Leadership, She's Smart, Strong, Sassy, and a trendsetter in the field of mindful leadership. Your host, Holly Duckworth. Welcome to the next edition of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. I am here today with one of my great friends, Nick Hemmert. Nick Hemmert is the founder of the coolest thing I have heard of in a long time, the Center for Awesomeness. Now, everybody should be a part of the Center for Awesomeness. Nick, tell us a little bit about what the Center for Awesomeness does and, and, and why you founded it. Hi, Holly. Good. Thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate being on the show. It's a real honor to uh, to come on today and and to, and to discuss um, what's coming up in the world of mindfulness. What's coming up in the world of awesomeness? Uh, and uh, we, my wife and I, um, got together and said, you know, how can we create a place to uh, guide people through uh, conversations? How can we get people to um, to prompt themselves for for success, for 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 good? For um, for for transition for progress, uh, and so we were like, let's create a place to do that. And so we uh, we've been operating now for a little over uh, two years, uh, and we get the opportunity to uh, work with organizations, teams, uh, individuals on um, on how to bring more awesomeness into their professional area, to their to their workplace, to their community area, that kind of thing. So it says in your bio that you are an advocate for possibility. How cool and fun is that? You um, have a lot of ways that this possibility has, has shown up in your life. And sometimes we bring guests on the show and we, we hear about their, their, their current work, Center for Awesomeness. And we think, oh, they've just always been in this field. You've actually made um, some career transitions. Talk to our, our listener a little bit about kind of how where you started isn't necessarily where you ended up and a little bit about how mindfulness played into that journey. <laughs> mindfulness plays into every aspect of the journey of the path. Um, you know, taking time to step away, creating space for, for that, for, uh, for my practice is absolutely important. It's been a huge, huge part of my, um, uh, at least my last four years uh, more committedly. And then, you know, I started right after, right after college, um, I, uh, it was around 2001, uh, it was, uh, it was a IT boom kind of happening, a bubble bursting, so to speak. Uh, I had a job with a, with a rather predominant, uh, consulting firm in Chicago. I'm originally from Ohio, the, the Midwest. And so I was really excited about it. They called in August of 2001 and said, no, we're good. We're not, we're not going to be bringing in our, bringing in you and the rest of your class. And I was like, oh, great. A couple of weeks later, you know, September 11th happened, um, and uh, and I that's kind of when I started my journey into some form of entrepreneurship. Uh, 
Uh, and it also enabled me to, to develop the practices that I have now for mindfulness. At the time, I didn't necessarily call it mindfulness. It was just more of that, um, you know, affirmative, um, you know, affirmative words uh, in my life, you know, reading good books, uh, became a fan of um, uh, personal development, uh, you know, in, in the areas of Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, was finding books to kind of help me get through this point in my life where I was like, huh, it's interesting. I'm living in my parents' basement. I'm a college graduate. I should be working right now, um, but uh, but I'm not. So um, so as I as I entered into that space, I I did some entrepreneurial efforts, and then um, and then went to work for a for a pretty large um, uh, grocery store chain in Ohio, and um, and then was there for three or four years before I got the bug again to to go out. And so since 2005, I've been in the entrepreneurial game, um, and uh, and doing. Uh, that type of work. My last uh, business was a technology services company. I owned that from 2005 all the way through 2014 um, when I when I exited it to become to go to more of this work, the Center for Awesomeness work, into this uh, this idea of how do we bring um, intentional strategy, how do we create the space for 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 change um, and that kind of thing. And so throughout that whole process. Um, mindfulness has definitely been there it's been a uh it's been a uh definitely a comfortable place to go when i'm feeling uncertain or or questioning a lot of things so we've been asking all of the guests you know mindfulness is a word that is sometimes a little bit taken as a skeptical thing people don't always understand it so we've been asking all the guests what is your actual definition of mindfulness For me, it's taken it's it's taking the space, creating the space, um, and what does that mean? Basically, it's taking for me it's taking a step back uh, on a regular on a regular basis to be a little bit reflexive and and reflective on um, on on what's going on, whether that be the best of, or the best of the challenges that I've had happen in my past, or the best of the challenges that I'm having. Um, you know, right now, or, you know, where, where am I going? What are my intentions? What am I looking to create in my life? And so my, my regular kind of practice of sitting every day is one aspect of that. But, um, but I've definitely had a, a form of intentionality, which to me has been my kind of my mind, mindfulness practice. This is how can I, if I intend to do something, how do I go about doing that? And so uh, what I found is, is that uh, if it didn't, if I didn't commit the time, to the practice of creating that space, uh, creating a, a time for intentionality, for mindfulness, um, I would just kind of be spinning and not moving forward. So what does your daily mindfulness practice look like? So I get up uh, around uh, five o'clock. I'm a morning person. Um, so I get up around five o'clock. I go for, uh, for a walk uh, around our, um, our neighborhood here. We have a, a pretty nice um, yeah, kind of walking path uh, that's that's here, um, and then listen to some. I'm either listening to a podcast uh, that's uh, that that kind of brings some really good stuff into my gets my brain thinking about some really uh, cool stuff, new stuff, adventurous stuff, um, or I'm listening to a book on tape, and that's about a half an hour walk. Uh, I come back and um, I have a meditation space in our house. Um, it is not, it does not have a pillow or anything that where I sit on the floor, it has a very, very large and comfortable recliner, uh, that I sit in. Um, and, um, and for the most part, uh, my, my practice at, in the, you know, when I'm here in the space is either, 
um, it's reading a daily reader. Uh, so for example, I'll read a, a book like The Daily Stoic. I'll read uh, something out of uh, Mark Nepo's um, um, Awakening book. Uh, I will, uh, or, I'll pay, or I'll grab a book that I've read, um, like um, Untethered Soul is another book that I'll just kind of grab and flip open a page to. I like to read something um, and, then, and then go into uh, a meditation practice for 10, 15 minutes. And then after the meditation practice, I'll usually go into prayer. Um, and so uh, the uh, a, a prayer practice that I'm uh, really, really appreciative of that's come into my life is called affirmative prayer. Uh, and um, it has uh, some steps to it that are that you do every time and really, really have enjoyed that, that, that kind of um, structuredness, that, uh, that uh, ability to kind of bring um, prayer uh, from this place of what I grew up with as kind of a request for something to be fixed to, to, a, to a place of something that I'm looking to actually come and bring into my life. And then after prayer, um, the kids usually wake up <laughs> and come in um, either before prayer or during meditation. And so, uh, so uh, sometimes we'll spend some time together asking about gratitude or what, what they're looking forward to into the day, that kind of thing. Well, thank you for, for bringing in the kids. Cause as I was listening to that, I'm like, I can, I can hear the audience going, yeah, that's great for you. You, you don't, you know, you don't have this or you don't have this, it, you know, where it's so easy to put a mindfulness practice aside because you're making breakfast, you're rushing out the door, you're doing all these other things. And I, totally. I'm yeah. so grateful that you would come on the show and share that you have a big life. You've got a beautiful wife. You've got two young kids. You're, you know, growing this company. And yet, even in the midst of it all, you take, you know, somewhere between, you know, 30 minutes and 45 minutes or 30 minutes an hour to mindfully set the energy for your body, for your mind, your spirit for each day in order that you get to be your highest and best in the work that you do as a dad and in your professional life. Yeah. And as a husband, you know, the, the, when, when I'm not, when I'm, uh, it's, it's, I will, what I will say is that it's a regular practice. Uh, it's not a daily practice. And I think that people can get into that a uh, little bit of a, of a conundrum around the, the perfect process or the perfect way of doing it. Or if I don't do it this way, I'll, I, I won't do it again. Um, and so for me, it's, you know, the, it's a, it's a rhythm in my life. It's a regular practice in my life. Uh, and I would say that probably in, in a given week, I would hit that regular practice, you know, four to five times. Um, and so that, and, but without that, if I, if I go a week or two weeks without doing it, um, at all, I know my wife's, uh, in the morning is essentially kicking me out of bed to, to get in there and start to do it because she knows what the, what kind of impact it has to our to our family life and to my, to my life. So to, to that same point, does your wife have a practice that works within her life to support her? And obviously you don't have to, to break into what that is, but does she have a practice that kind of complements what, what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So up until uh, this week, actually, um, we have had a pretty good um, uh, family rhythm, family schedule. So we call it the game of minutes in our house. Um, where basically, um, if we want to do anything, our kids are, are, great, are, are great sleepers. So they get the opportunity to sleep until seven. So we get to do anything we need to do before seven. So if we can get up, uh, get to bed at a decent hour, usually around 10, 9.30, 10 o'clock, then we get in our seven hours of sleep and then we can get up and you know have that hour, two hours 
um, to do whatever it is that we want to do. For her, you know, there, there's some, there's some um, health and fitness practices that she enjoys. Um, she has her own meditation practice that she does. Um, but the, but we do like up until this week, it's, it, that's kind of been it. And we've just now recently changed where our, our, our oldest is going to kindergarten. And so now we're kind of in a little bit of a flux right now of, does this mean we got to get up even earlier, go to bed earlier, um, because our kids have to be at school uh, an hour earlier than they were before. Um, and so this whole schedule we've had for the last <laughs> five years of his life is now shifting, which is what, which is, that's what life's about, is that shifting. Well, and that's, you know, part of the practice of mindfulness is being present in the moment, being present to what is without judgment. So, you know, thank you for sharing that there is an ebb and flow that when we, we talk about the show, everyday mindfulness show, people think, oh, it's got to be the same thing every day. And so I love your, your comment. I have a regular practice, not necessarily a daily practice. And then, you know, great, you know, great example of, of flowing with the seasonality of life. We've got, you know, the back to school thing happening in the fall. We've got the winter sports and then certainly the winter holidays and things. So giving yourself some grace to flow with what your practice is, is a huge uh, gift to our listeners. So now let's get back a little to uh, the Center for Awesomeness. Um, you have done several trainings, workshops, and, and offer, you know, products and services and some, some ideas to support people in engaging in these forward-thinking conversations. Tell us a little bit about how our listeners can engage with you on that work. Yeah. So, so what we all, you know, as we know, as we just talked about, uh, with the, uh, with the outside of professional life, the personal side of things, um, we are in a time in our culture, especially in the United States, where it's busy, always busy, always doing, always going, um, and so that that opportunity um, to to find a time to take a step back to bring mindfulness, to bring contemplativeness, to bring reflexiveness uh, into, uh, into, into uh, business. Um, over the years that I've run my, my, my operations and my own companies and consulted with, with you know, a variety of different other organizations, the ones that have, um, you know, really that have success in, in, in managing this, this doing busyness are the ones that take time, they set aside time. Uh, on a regular, uh, on a rhythm, on a regular basis to, uh, to be, to think about, is this working? Is it not working? You know, where are we going? How are we doing it? What's the vision? They're asking themselves some questions. And so the, um, as I started, as I realized that in my technology practice uh, over the course of 10 years and, you know, working with multiple organizations and, you know, in different stages of growth, whether we were starting up or they were seasoned business, you know, there was always this, uh, the ones that were the, the that were that were that wanted to aspire to become the next step as they reached a plateau in their current state, they were they 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 had an opportunity. They they didn't know how to take an opportunity to take a step back. They just knew they wanted technology, and so I want to bring in the technology of not the computer technology, but this opportunity of conversation technology, and say how can we structure our conversations, our environments, um, our workplace. Uh, to to be more forward moving forward looking um, and uh, and but still be a, aware of the day to day and so that's the that's the the great thing that I get to do every day with people is 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 kind of sit with them and say okay how are we going to what are you what are you up to how would you like to get the rest of your team uh, involved in this process how could we get you guys to move forward 
So I love, 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 love those words, conversation technology. And on your website, you have a couple of really cool products that I want to tell, tell the team about, which is one is your Center for Awesomeness cards. Can you share a little bit about how that is one tool to expand conversation technology with something as simple as a card? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 many of us have become very familiar with uh, with with digital messaging, uh, with um, with the power of, of of short messages, text messages. You know, whether whichever platform you might use to do that, and um, and I feel like there. And there's a lot of studies and a lot of a lot of which is not my area of expertise, but a lot of things that people can look up is the is the idea that we're losing that connectivity. Uh, with with people because we're not having that face to face communication with them anymore, and or we're not or or there's a there, there can be a lack of authenticity or a lack of um, of connection in in a text message or in an email, and so um, you know what was what was what's tried and true about a letter or tried and true about a written note uh, is is that it really uh, becomes something special. You know, it really prompts not only the person giving the note to write something that's meaningful and important to them, but it also sparks um, some really great emotions and feelings with the people that receive it. Because well, let's be honest, you know, when was the last time you received a, a handwritten note from anybody? Um, and so the, uh, our cards, uh, we, have a, we have two different cards right now. We have a, uh, our, our creed card, our, our, our core card, which is a, a kind of a manifesto um, for people to kind of go out and and uh, and share reasons why people other people are awesome, and then we have another card called our high five card, which uh, which says high five you're awesome, and on the back it has some space to write a note. Both of them have a space in the back to write a note. But this idea of the you know of this conversation technology, you know, and finding uh, and working with organizations, there really was not uh, they got so much. In, into the day to day that they forgot about why they kind of took for granted the people that were there. Um, and so these cards were a way for those moments to be created within the, within the day. And you are being modest, Nick. I'm going to, I'm going to make you dig a little deeper. This center for awesomeness creed manifesto card you have been having people from around the world purchase them and then they are physically mailing it within the, the, postal service of their country, expanding awesomeness around the world. Give, a, give our listeners a sense of how many um, geographic regions you've already touched with these physical cards. Yeah, so we, uh, so we are in Australia, uh, Hong Kong, um, South Africa, uh, and then your traditional North America, Canada, and the United States. And so we, uh, we definitely have had um, some really, really, um, this definitely hits a notch for people. You know, and so getting hits 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 a chord for people, and so I'm um, I'm excited to, you know, just recently our our last our last last two orders with a, a teacher, and uh, he was ready to use it for the upcoming school year with his kids as a way to them to figure out ways to uh, to communicate in the classroom, and and uh, and I'm excited to to kind of in the next few weeks hear how he's doing, and then um, our our creed cards, uh, the ones that have our manifesto on it, um, were, were, were put into uh, a subscription service um, and, uh, and mailed out to, uh, to about 250 different uh, businesses and homes. And so, so they get the opportunity to kind of experience what those, uh, you know, what that is all about. So it, it is really, really, uh, it's really, really been fun. 
it's always inspiring to hear of the work that you're, you're doing, Nick. Um, if our, re, uh, our listeners want to um, have an experience of actually uh, transforming a forward-thinking conversation, is there a tool or something um, that they may be able to access on your website to get to practice what you teach? Yeah, totally. Uh, the uh, on our website now we have uh, a three three questions to shift any meeting or conversation, and so you can head on over there and uh, and sign up and get that, and we'll we'll ship that off to you. Um, really excited to kind of share. Um, not only there's there's three there's three questions in the document, but there's also some bonus questions um, that have to do with uh, uh, with ways that you could lift up the team or create a form of commitment uh, for some of the uh, some of the visions that you might have or some of the intentions or projects or goals objectives whatever word might work for your organization. But there um, but it's you know it's a it's a it's a handful of questions that you can use um, in any meeting to uh, to continue to spark that uh, that forward movement. And what's that website again? Uh, it's www.thecenterforawesomeness.com. Thecenterforawesomeness.com. And we will get that link in the show notes. Well, this is our last show in the month of August. And as listeners know, I brought on some of my closest and dearest friends to help me launch being the host of the show. And every guest in the month of August got to wrap up the show by asking me a question that would give the listeners a little bit more information about me. So Nick, my brother uh, from another mother, my, my, my dear friend, um, what's my question? <laughs> The uh, so what people may not know is that you have um, you've done a lot of great events yourself. Uh, you know, not only have you uh, done speaking all around the world, but but you've put together events uh, as a as a meeting planner. Um, and so when you're when you're cultivating these these events, um, tell us a little bit about what you do to kind of cultivate mindfulness, cultivate connection uh, in the events that you put on. Well, Nick, it's so fun to watch these forward-thinking conversations evolve. And whenever you and I connect, um, just as we started the show with your story, where we start isn't necessarily where we end up. And my, uh, my career originally started in meteorology and weather forecasting. I then transitioned into meeting and event planning and was actually the promotion gal for Travel Portland, the Convention and Visitors Bureau in Portland, Oregon, and then went on to work for Meeting Professionals International, where I attained my certified association, well, sorry, my certified meeting professional designation, which is the the highest level of advanced certification in in meeting and event management. And then I added this crazy thing called the CAE, Certified Association Executive. So yes, I have a long background in in meeting and event planning. And two years ago, I added this degree in in mindfulness or or prayer practice. So I've now put all of that in the blender and I offer um, meeting and event planners, not just my keynotes on, on motivation and mindfulness, but also so I can come on board as almost a consultant to them. And I've um, had the opportunity to do two really cool events. One is called the MIC at MIC, or what's called the Mindfulness Information Center. Um, Meetings Today Magazine just named me a 2018 trendsetter for this work. And so I go in and I work with meeting planners to kind of understand how can we weave centering and gratitude and movement and intention setting in the framework of meetings. And um, I've also led many uh, meditation rooms and trainings for mindfulness on site at conventions. 
Um, so it's fun to see people who are longtime meditators come into a conference, which may be in their business mind, and then just relax for a few moments into, into a, a guided meditation. Um, and then in June, I led the Colorado Society of Association Executives. Their two and a half day conference uh, was called Awaken to the Possibilities. And I was the MC, the Mindfulness Master of Ceremonies. And from the stage crafted, again, little mini trainings, you know, the participants set an intention. Then we worked with the intention over the course of the conference, uh, led full group in a, you know, two minute meditation. They all wrote an affirmation for what they wanted to have happen. So um, this work in mindfulness and in awesomeness is really key. As you kind of described, face to face, uh, we used to think it would go away for, for video meetings. And what we have found is the advent of these video meetings is just making face-to-face -face all the more important. And mindful practice at meetings can reduce stress and increase focus, delivering greater results. And I'm just so excited to not only get to keynote conferences, but now offer these consulting services and MC services to planners. So yeah, what's, thanks for what's asking. The, what's, the, what, what's, the, what's the quirkiest or the weirdest experience you've had with people seeing your meditation rooms, your mindfulness rooms at these conferences, like what, what's a what's a story that you've um, that you might recall on uh, on people's like just reactions to this? You know, the our reactions have been overwhelmingly positive. That's cool. Uh, most come into it with curiosity and discovery. Although, again, you know, there's always a skeptic. I did have um, a gentleman um, approach me after a conference. I use a singing bowl in some of the, the times to bring people in and out of meditation. And he experienced that musical instrument as a religious item which it is not. And so I had the opportunity to kind of educate him on that and, and explain to him how energetically that could change the energy in the room. So um, I don't know if that, that's a quirky thing, but it does, it does give us the opportunity to, to, to go, huh, it's people, people don't always look at mindfulness from the same practices that we do. And if mindfulness sometimes does get a little combobulated into religion, um, it's our opportunity to educate them and give them the opportunity to either keep the choice that they've made or, or make a new choice. And I've had lots of great experiences with people who tell their stories of, of meditating. I had one gentleman who actually taught meditation in prisons and, and came to share with me. So um, I think yeah, this is I, I, was, I was at the experience we had here locally um the where you were the the mic at mic and um yeah it was great to see uh such a really wonderful um there was i mean there had to have been at least 100 people in the room you know they came to the session um and then in between sessions there was a good a good number of people um that were just sitting there relaxing you know listening to the music that you had been playing or or just kind of sitting in the really comfortable seats that were there um, yeah, it was, you could, you could definitely tell as people walked in, they were like, what is this? <laughs> um, but they, but as they, as they, as they opened themselves up to coming in and taking a seat, um, I think that that was definitely a really great, um, return on that, uh, on that choice. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to report, Nick, I hope you'll, you'll save the date again. We're going to be um, invited to do that again at MIC at MIC 2019. So Sweet. 
mindfulness continues to grow. Thank you so much for, for being a part of this last show of August, for sharing your awesome with us. Um, any parting words for the listeners today? Yeah, I would, the, uh, what I would say is, is that the, you know, the conversations we have uh, are faithful and those conversations are, uh, are directed by the questions that we're asking ourselves. And so uh, take a moment to, 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 to ponder the types of questions that, uh, that you might be having and, and have that elevate uh, and move forward the conversations that you're having uh, right now. Well, Nick, thank you so much. We look forward to having you back on the show again. And listeners, remember, mindful matters, and so do you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more mindfulness every day, visit everydaymindfulnessshow.com and download the three-day challenge and experience the ABCs of mindfulness. Mm -hmm.